Derek Freeman. Yo, yo. Z. Big dog. <laughs> Nothing much, brother, man. Listen, for everybody that doesn't know, we're, we just tuned, that's tuned into the Free World Podcast. I have my brother live with me here, Zane Cope, a.k.a. Little Zane. What's up, Zane? What's going on, everybody? What's good? What's good? Man. What's happening with you, boy? Man, I'm chilling, bro. It's, it's, it's good to hear your voice, man. Thank you so much for doing this for us. Man, I appreciate it. Can you hear me clearly, man? We can hear you clearly, brother. We got you going. Right, we rolling. Perfect. I'm actually on some movie set right now. We took a break. So I was like, let me call my dog up. Let him know I, and, and let him know everything going on with your boy, man. Let's go. Man, well, the, talk to us about where you're at right now. You know, to, let's start from there. To the movie, what you're doing, what's happening. Well, right now, man, I just got to um, Atlanta. Just got back from Miami last night, like late last night. And I had to come straight to set at 8 o'clock this morning. So I'm in Atlanta right now. I'm in like Marietta, Georgia. No, I'm in Powder Springs, Georgia. Not Atlanta, but Powder Springs, Georgia, right outside Atlanta. And I'm shooting a movie right now, a short film called Mask Off. Now, nice. man, that's what's up, bro. I know you're on your grind, man. Yeah. Talk to us about, you say you're in Atlanta. Now, Atlanta, that's where you're from, I think. Talk to us about, I know you were born in New York, but you moved to Atlanta early and, and started doing your thing. Talk to us a little bit about the beginning. We're going to try to get through it, man. I know you're on lunch break on set right now. Oh, well, shoot, man. I started basically in, um, you know, I grew up in Yonkers, New York. Well, I was born in Yonkers, New York. Let me take that back. Born in Yonkers, New York. You know, about age of five, moved to um, Atlanta, Georgia with my parents and um, lived in Georgia, was raised in Georgia till I was like, you know, I'm in Georgia now, I live here now. So, yeah. you know, but, you know, around 21, you know, 20, my adult years when I became, you know, a legal citizen, you know, <laughs> I wanted to experience life a little more. I wanted to experience life a little more. And, and, and you know, I was always doing music real young and traveling the world and I was already always with a bunch of people all the time, all yeah. the time. So I just really wanted to experience life and grow up a little bit by myself. So I moved out to Cali huh. when I was like 21. I had moved out there and um, got me an apartment out there. And, you know, just kind of, I ended up living out there for like 10 years, you know, almost 10 years, you know, just becoming a, becoming a, a real, you know, just becoming myself and becoming a man out there, you know? Yeah, brother, that's... That's where we, we, we linked up, man. You know, the, take us back to, you know what I'm saying, the beginning real quick on the, the chronic. We're going to talk next Friday, 112. Oh, P, P oh you want to go, oh, you want to go, oh, you want to go back, back. Man, I want to tell, I want to pick up every one of your fans. Let them know where oh, you, what you say that. Did you say that? Did you say that, Jim Big Dog? Did you say that? All right, so let me start this all over. Let me start this all over. So, grew up in Yonkers. I mean, born in Yonkers, New York. Grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Raised by my parents, started doing music at about ten years old. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I work with people like Dallas Austin, Too Short, X, Sermon, Naughty by Nature. Um, we was in the studio with TLC all the time, Busta Rhymes, ABC, Chris Cross, all these type people. I was real young in the game. I was like ten. Wow. You know, and I formed, a, I formed a group with my brother and my cousin called Chronic. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
two years, like 10 years old. <laughs> you know, it was around 93. This around 93. Dr. Dre and Snoop had came out with an album called The Chronic, and it was like my favorite album. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I want to call my group The Chronic. We're going to call ourselves K- K- Kids Rapping on New Ideas and Concepts. Alrighty. So it was K-R-O-N-I-C. You That's know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but before that, we was K... Before that, we was KWA. We was kids with attitude. So, but, so I always, so I always been on some. I always been on yeah. some Dr. Dre. Like just to give y'all a little. A little you said take them back. Take them back, to baby. Give y'all a little, you know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to give y'all a little bit of history. Like I've been on some trying to. I've been on doing this gangster shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been on doing this gangster shit. I just, you know, I just was so fly, and I was a pretty boy. So they was like, yo, okay. We go, we 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 gonna we gonna let you do that, but you know what I mean. You gotta tone it down just a little. So I was in this group called Chronic, huh. and we signed that we signed the RCA. You know, we had got a we had got a record deal with RCA. I was performing at, you know, I grew up performing in showcases. You know, I was going to the hair salon with my mom one day, and we performed at the hair salon while she was getting her hair done. We were bored and we started performing. Huh. So the the people in the salon was like. Yo, you need to pull your man something, man. Them boys is good. You need to put them in something. <laughs> huh. So I heard on the radio it was having auditions for this showcase, and you get a deal with LaFace Records. Okay. I was in the back seat of Mom Buick or something. She might have had a Buick or something, bro. Huh. I was right. riding in the back of that joint. Riding in the back of that joint. I think my dad had a Cutlass, an old Cutlass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Riding in the back of the Cutlass. I was riding in the back of the Cutlass. <laughs> and he hit me. I'm like, yo, Mom. I'm gonna win that talent show. You gotta put me in there. Huh. But she's like, she's like, my mom is so sweet, man. She's the sweetest woman I know, man. She like was like, okay, baby. And I'm like, no, nah, mom, you really gotta put me in. She was like, all right. So she did what a supporting parent would do, man. I thank my mom to this day for this. Huh. And she actually put me. She actually looked at the information and got me signed up in this um in this um in this talent show, right? Already. I'm like, so I'm like, wow. So boom, this talent show got like a hundred people from Atlanta in his groups and solo artists from all over the world at this thing, because it's a deal for LaFace Records. So this was a big deal at this time. Yeah, already. LaFace is known for people like Outkast. They're known for people like um, Tony Braxton, I think. Um, mm-hmm. TLC. These are these are really big, 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 big. This is just this is LA weed and babyface. Yes, you know sir. what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So this is so this is so this is big time. So we're in this talent show, and we beat everybody until the end. And there was one person we had to go up against at the end for this record deal, and that person was Usher. Oh, Usher, Usher Ray. Usher Raymond. Oh, how old were you? 10, 11, 12? Talk to him. Man, I was about at this age, 93. Um, um, I'm about I'm about 12. I'm 11 about to turn 12. Already. I'm 11 about to turn 12. So I'm at this big, we, we performing at the Civic Center downtown Atlanta. It's about 5,000 people there. It's crazy. Wow. And we, and we got to the bottom with... Um, the last final, we was one of the final, one of the finalists, and it was my group. And we were KWA at the time, Kids with Attitude, and it was Usher Raymond. It was Usher Raymond. Usher Raymond was performing "End of the Road" by Boys to Men, and we were performing 
Warm It Up by Chris Cross. Already. Warm it up, Chris. I'm about to <laughs> warm it up, Chris. That's what I was born to do. Warm it up, Chris. Yeah. I'm about, you know what I'm saying? So we was we was we was pants backwards. We was we had graffiti on the yeah. pants. I'm gonna do I feel I'm gonna do a movie about I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a movie about this one day, man. So like, you know, we on this, us, it's Usher. Now keep in mind there's a dude by the name of AJ. Okay. And he's Usher's manager at this time too. But he's hosting a joint. Oh, so he's like, oh. y'all give it. So we so the crowd. It's like a Apollo type thing. You gotta. It's like a Apollo type thing. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta like. Crowd you know what I'm saying? You gotta like. They let the crowd respond. So yeah. they like. Scream for KWM. Scream for Usher. And it was like. <sighs> then it was like. Scream for KWA. And it was like. <sighs> right. <laughs> Next thing you know. Next thing you know. He was like, oh, we got to do it again. Oh. <laughs> he was like, scream for Usher. They was like, <laughs> they was like, scream for KWA. And he was like, <laughs> and he was like, oh, we going to give it to Usher. Oh. And the crowd said, and the crowd said, <laughs> the crowd said oh. oh. The whole crowd said, oh. So I'm like. How we lose if the crowd say, oh, y'all got to make up your mind. Y'all want us to win or not? <laughs> y'all made us lose. So, so we wanted to do it again, but, you know, they didn't do it again. Usher ended up getting a deal for LaFace, which he perfectly yeah. and truly deserved. You know what I'm saying? And we ended up, um, we got approached right after we got on stage, we got approached by RCA Records. And they was like, yo, we want to sign y'all. Already? So, so we did what every what every dumb artist would do, and we went we went right along with the first deal that came. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The we rest signed is the RCA. History, man. We speed it up a little bit. We signed the RCA. They had they had us in the studio with all those people I named earlier: Dallas, ABC, um, Eric Sermon, Naughty by Nature. I was in there with Biggie Smalls was writing with us. Um, we was in there with puffing them, but rolling around Biggie. Um, running uh-huh. into Pac, that's how I met Pac. Being in that group, we was at Jack the Rapper. I got, to, I was traveling the world. I had been everywhere across the United. I had been to all fifty states, um, traveling doing music before I was even probably thirteen, bro. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So um, we used to perform when it was cool back in the day. We used to perform at every Six Flags, every White Water. It was fun of being a kid performing back in the day because wow. you know all the COVID stuff. It was like. None of that was going on, so like you was really able to be a kid and live life and just like you know we was performing everywhere. They, they had a they had a park in the stage. Now I remember performing in back barn yards, huh. but it'd be hell. It'd be like five hundred thousand kids out there though, bro. So it was like <laughs> it was crazy. It was a crazy experience being in the studio with ABC, another bad creation, and Buster Rhymes and them all the time. Being around TLC. Um, you know, just crazy stuff that, you know, that I think it was just uh, uh, amazing to just have that growing up as a kid, you know what I'm saying? Strange. And, um, you know, from there, from there, you know, I was with RCA, but nobody, you know, they never really put an album out on us. Um, they never put an album out on us. They just kind of had us sitting on the shelf. I think we were just a write-off, really. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, really. but so the mute, yeah, so the group broke up, you know, everybody got discouraged, you know what I'm saying, except for me. Like, I kind of just, like, after the group kind of went, they separate ways. My brother started, 
you know, we were young, so my brother wanted to go, you know, he went back to school. We started off with our regular life, basically. Like, everybody yeah. went back to school. One started playing sports. The other one, you know, my brother got into, you know, just doing um, arts and stuff, drawing and stuff. And me, I just wanted to stay on this music shit. So I was always on the music, and I was just like, fuck it. I started practicing by myself and, you know, just always being in the mirror by myself, listening to Snoop, Pop, Biggie, Jay-Z, Nas, just teaching myself how to rap. You know what I'm saying? Better and better and better. And finally, I ran into, you know, um, this dude that was managing Chronic when we had it for, when we got our deal. His name was um, K. Wells. I ran yeah. into K. Wells, and basically, K. Wells was managing 112 at the time. It just kind of worked out where he was managing 112, and I'm like, yo, I got some brand new shit, dog. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> let me let you see. Let me let you see what I'm on now. And um, you know he. He took he took me up for my offer and you know what I'm saying and he he listened to me and bam you know from there he put me on a single with 112 you know what I'm saying he let 112 hear me and it went crazy from there yeah I end up you know I end up working with 112 got a deal with them you know the song went big I was on a song called Anywhere with 112 um that's what most people know me from yeah and um I, you know after that I did the next Friday soundtrack and after that. You know, we, we, you know, Cube, let me give him the next Friday soundtrack. We shot a video, so it was real, real dope. At this time in my life, I'm working with all the greats from Cube to, you know, Whitney Houston, 112, Diddy. You know, I get on the next Friday soundtrack, blow up on that. Now, Priority, they come to me and they say, yo, they want to, you know, they want to do a deal with us, whatever. And I say they want to do a deal with us, so we end up doing a label deal, Priority Records, you know what I'm saying? So... After we did the label deal, you know, put the first album out. First album did pretty well. It wasn't to my standards, though. I didn't really, I didn't think it, I think it could have did way more. Um, if they would have pushed it more, if we would have had more, um, you know, management and just better, you know, just better, a better plan for it. But I don't think anybody expected it to blow up as big as it did. So we was kind of all just kind of, so we was kind of all just, you know, caught by surprise, you know, learning the game. Everybody was just learning the game. You know, the second album, I feel like didn't do, they only pressed up like 30,000 copies on the, on the second album. So I, I remember like saying to myself, how the hell am I supposed to go platinum if you only pressed up 30,000 yeah. copies? Yeah. It was kind of like you set up for failure anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like you almost set up for failure anyway. So I felt like they was trying to purposely sabotage the album. And um, at the same time, I felt like I was picking up because I had did one smart thing. Huh. I did one smart thing. I, I jumped. I, I I started jumping into movies early. Yeah. So I think that you know, what I'm saying once I saw that they was playing around with the music side of it, I kind of was like leaning towards just doing the acting thing for a minute until I figured out my situation. You know, what I'm saying so I could release the type of music I wanted to release. Already. You know. And the movie stuff started doing so good for me, and the TV stuff started doing so good for me, that I think I kind of just, like, faded out with the music for a minute, because I didn't really have a, again, I didn't have a team behind me, like, when I first came in the game. Yeah. I didn't have a team behind me kind of, like, pushing me, you know what I'm saying? And at that time, I probably, you know, I probably had trust issues by that time, because the same people I came in the game were kind of, like, was trying to screw me over, so I think I had... A lot of trust issues, you know, I was going through some family stuff. My dad and mom was um, my dad and mom was kinda 
my dad was in and out of jail. You know, mom and dad was going through some drug stuff. You know, there was a lot of internal problems. And I still had younger brothers and sisters, too, at the time. My brothers and sisters, they're older now, but they were young men. And I still kind of, you know, I was a bit, I was kind of like, when daddy, daddy was locked up so much, I was kind of like daddy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, already. You stepped up, bro. You know, so, yeah, so it started, so shit started, you know, shit started, you know, I, I had a lot on my plate, you know what I'm saying, just trying to, trying to live in Cali, you know, because I moved to Cali because I just got overwhelmed with the stuff that was going on in Georgia. So, like, everybody was taking advantage of me. So, like, everybody was, like, I felt like the money and the fame was making everybody around me feel like, you know what I'm saying, at the time, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, I felt like the the money and the fame was making people, you know, change a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It changed So I wanted to get out of there for a minute. I felt like maybe I was the problem. Maybe because I'm giving everybody everything you want. I'm not saying no. I think I was fueling the drug habit. I think I was fueling the materialistic shit. I think I was just fueling all of it. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know what? And move away from, from this shit. And then I moved to Cali. And that's what, you know, when I was out there, it was kind of like, you know, but out there, out there in Cali, I was having fun because I was learning myself, and I'm cool, I'm a loner, but in, in Cali, too, I was, you know, started, at that minute, I started feeling like, you know, I was missing my family, you know, I was out there for, like, the first couple of years, it was dope, I was enjoying it, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and, but, I, but I, I left at a time when music was really coming to Atlanta. Yeah. Like, I missed that. Like, when I was flying to Cali, I felt like Lil Jon and was flying into Atlanta. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then that whole crunk. I think they was on the plane and we was missing each other. I think we was passing each other and I was going there. I mean, you know what I'm saying? They from Atlanta, but what I'm saying is just like, when I was going to fly to L.A., I feel like the music scene that wasn't L.A. at first. It wasn't L.A. at first. Like, yeah. New York, L.A. took it over from, like, 93 to... 96, 97, yeah. and then here it goes, 99, you know what I'm saying, 98, Outkast, you know, 93, and I'm tripping, 90, 93, 94, Outkast, and then was out, you know what I'm saying, but I'm talking about, like, this new wave, this new wave of just, like, you know, the Lil John, the Crunk, all that shit, I think shit started coming around, like, 2000, right, it was, like, yeah. 2000, 2001, so I felt like I kind of left Atlanta. You know, saying at the time where Atlanta was really about to get linked up again and just go crazy, you know, saying that I was in, you know, I was in LA trying to follow us. I was in LA trying to really just, you know, find myself with the actors, you know, just trying to, you know, like I said, grow up as a man out there trying to handle my. I felt like if I was out there and I was closer to the label, you know, it would probably help my help my situation out. Yeah, you know, I'm closer. So, um, you know, that's how I ended up out there. You know what I mean? But that's a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't want to tell you the whole thing. I don't know, I don't know what you're asking. <laughs> you know, I, don't know, I don't know what you're asking, but um, I definitely um, I hope that solves something. You know what I mean? Hope that answers some questions. But well, I'm gonna let you ask something though. <laughs> nah, this is this one of the podcasts. I had to think about what we can't tell the people. That's <laughs> Huh? This one of them podcasts where I had to think about what we can't tell the people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, did I say too much? Nah. 
No, nah, I'm just saying, you know, this for the folks that don't know, man, Z, Z is like a brother to me. You know what I'm saying? When he did move to Los Angeles, um, he, he, he moved in the same building with, with my wife and I. And since then, man, we just linked up and was, was rolling tough ever since then. And uh, if, if there's anybody I know in the industry that works harder than him, there, there isn't any. Somebody as humble as Zane, somebody that, that cares about his family, has a big heart. Man, I, I just, uh, you know, we hold you close to our heart here at the Freeman family, brother. We love you like, you, like you're one of, the, one of the Freemans. So we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. You know what I'm saying? But Because <laughs> Shannon wanted to get on here and talk about the night I got lost. <laughs> but, nah, man, we go way back to, like, when I moved to Cali, man, like, that was, you was one of the people, man, that really, you was probably the reason why I stayed as long as I stayed, bro. Oh man, uh, come on! You had other things going, bro. That's I'm gonna tell you. Oh, oh, we, I mean, we could. Oh, and I know, and it just hit. Me, forgive me, I'm kind of slow. It just hit me. It just hit me while you said, "Well, we can tell her." Well, we can't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> I was wild, and I was wild, and I know what. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah no. man. But it was amazing. It was amazing, man. But like, you know, I, just to keep it 100, man. Just to give you all the props that you that you need, bro, like, you know, I was, you know, DC is my man, because, man, like, you see me go through a lot, you see me, you actually, when I think about it, when I really think about it, DC, what's up, man? and this is crazy, because I'm, I'm so up now, it's a blessing, bro, but what I'm saying is, like, you see me go from, when I moved out there, and I was at the Encore, and I met you, you know what I'm saying? I had them bands on me. Bands. <laughs> Crazy. I had them bands on me, yes, bro. Sir. But like, but like we was, them apartments was like fucking 1500 a month for the one, for the two bedroom, wasn't it? Yeah, the two bedroom was like 1500 a month. Man, it was 22 so by the time. <laughs> oh, huh? It was like twenty two hundred by the time you know it kept 20, going I up. Think on, it's, I think I'm, yeah. I think I'm being low. low. I think yeah, I think I'm. I, 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 say, I think I'm underestimated. <laughs> it's just like twenty two at the time. Ooh. So so imagine me paying that because I had I was staying with this young lady. I had a crib over there. Yeah. And imagine me paying that, but also paying my two thousand dollar mortgage in Atlanta. So I was I was already four thousand ten every month Easy. on the bills just yeah. alone with two cribs. Already. So, only one in my house working, only one in my house contributing. Everybody staying in it hmm. at the time and wasn't understanding the importance of helping me out. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Not Already. to put nobody down. And I say everybody, I'm just going to say everybody. Like, I mean, we passed that now. Me and my family are good now. Like, you got to go through family th things with your family to become closer again. Sometimes you got to separate to become closer. Like, yep. I, I separated and we became closer. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to all my family, too. But, at the time, just keeping it 100, didn't understand the importance of helping me maintain this and, and helping me because if one person is doing everything, eventually, if that thing, if, if that one person's way of helping and way of taking care of everything is tampered with or in a situation right the same every month or at the time, you know, it's, it's good for everybody to kick in because shit, they can't. So before I did that, you know what I'm saying? I'm bringing that all back to say when I met you, I was up. So I was like, yo, I had two cribs, one in L.A., one in huh. um, Atlanta. I'm living the life, bro. And yeah. then, you know, I kept flying back and forth. You remember I used to fly back and forth? Yep. And then you got to a point where I'm shipping cars back and forth. 
every year, flipping cars, buying cars, shipping them. So, you know what I'm saying? So, it got to a point where I was just like, you know, nobody was helping. So, I said, yo, let me get rid of my house in, 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 in Georgia. You know what I'm saying? So, I sold my crib in Georgia. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was rushed to get into the crib. So, the crib wasn't even selling for what I bought it for. So, I yeah. took a loss in that. This when I feel like my losses started. <laughs> I started taking arrows all over the place. Like, I lost that. You know what I'm saying? I lost that. You know, um, you know, I lost the crib. Went through some crazy shit about that. Then, you know, I'm in, in core. And I figured, you know, you saw me. Like, I was, you know, we was doing good, doing good, doing good. But then, you know, I'm starting to notice that, you know, the work's slowing up a little bit. And, you know, so I really got the order how I used to have it because it wasn't like the work wasn't there, just that I didn't have the I I didn't have the team around me. Yeah. You know, I was known for losing phones and switching numbers and I ain't switched the number now in years, you know what I'm saying? Already. But I was known for switching numbers, it didn't help because if you don't got no representation, you switch your numbers, you can't get in touch with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was just like crazy for me. And I was going to say all that because you see me going up. Like, you see me up. And then when I started coming down crazy, right, me and old girl saying we broke up, you know, the money was getting real scarce, you know. So then I'm like, damn, like, I'm at a point in my life where I'm back to hustling. I'm on the block. I'm I'm, I'm straight up. You knew me as Lil Zane. I'm hustling. I'm in L.A. Yeah. I'm in L.A. I'm slinging weed. I'm slinging codeine. I'm slinging everything in the world I can get my hands on, yeah. right? <laughs> and this is Lil, this is this is me as Lil Zane. It's no lie. I ain't bragging about this to anybody watching this, but this is let you know, like I had to go back to 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 what I how to survive and yeah. do myself. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, and I was you know I, I was back in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Buying pounds, doing crazy shit. You know, moving pills, like just keeping it all the way out there, man. I'm gonna write a movie about this shit one day. All and right. niggas is like, what is niggas like? What are you doing, nigga? You little Z, nigga. I'm like, yo, shit's crazy right now. So, so when you see me, man, there was times when, and I'm gonna just say this, bro. There was times where you let me stay at the crib, nigga. I ain't had nowhere to stay, nigga. You know what I'm saying? You might have mucked. Yeah, you would have done know, the same for me, though, Z. You know what I'm saying? You let me That's... stay at the crib, nigga. I ain't nowhere to stay That's... a little bit, nigga. Same you know thing, what I'm saying? I remember, I remember you, I think your girl had moved, y'all was about to move to Texas. Yeah. Y'all was about to move back to Texas. Yeah, made this decision to move. I think you moved your family. You was just like, stayed back, was moving. So I remember me and you going half on hotels, nigga, and doing <laughs> shit like that. Me and you used to go half on hotels. Already, bro. Just, bro. <laughs> just being there, man, cooling, man. You know, so you used to go to work. We used to go to work, do different shit, man. I used to be, man, it, it was crazy, bro. We was both out here just trying to make it. For real. Trying to survive, bro. And that's why trying I, you to know survive. I got mad respect for you because you got out and work. You know, I, the, the, they were they were owned um, on, oh, boy, well, I can't think of his name right now, Jock, Young Jock, I think, for doing Uber. And they, and when, when they were talking about him, I was like, man, see, that's the mentality. You know what I'm saying? I respect Young Jock. If he got the humility from what he's done and what he where he's come from, to get out there and hustle a different way, man, I got respect for that because that's I know what it takes to to feed your family. I know what it takes to pay the bills. So, you know what I'm saying. Whenever you talk to D Free, bro, yeah, I, I, got I ain't gonna respect lie. for you, man. I mean, I should I should I, I respect John because I should have went and drove. I don't think they had Uber back then. I should have went and like did something, but 
I did the dumb shit. I went straight to selling some shit. <laughs> I went straight to selling some shit. I, I can't lie. I ain't go do the job thing. But I wish I would have. You know what I'm saying? I probably would have saved me less headaches, less lawyer fees. But yeah, I got in the streets. I got in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I started I started going back to what I was doing before I started rapping. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Selling, right. selling drugs and moving, and moving around. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the part people missed about me. Like, I think the label painted me so pretty boyish and so old this that they forgot to let people know it's a real man right here. It's a real little hood. Not hood, like, it's a real little dude that was raised. I, was, I, was, I used to live in Slow Bomb. I'm from, I'm from Yonkers, New York, man. Slow Bomb, man, where DMX from. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I, I've, been out, I've been out here. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? All the shit I rap about, it be real. Like, you know what I'm saying? From my first album to now, you know, I don't go off our shit, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, I just want you to know when you listening to me, everything is real. When I say niggas is moving and niggas is grooving, we was really, you know what I'm saying? Already. When I say, and then they say niggas was cussing and we was busting, we was really, you know what I'm saying? Like, when flipping and dipping, we was really, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I just, without saying too much, you know what I mean? Like, again, not glorifying it, but just accepting it and, and, and saying, Hey, this is my life, and, and, and you don't have to take this route, you know, because everybody has their own path and their own route. You don't have to take this route, you know what I'm saying? Already, bro, and it, that's what keeps you grinding. So, in what you're doing yeah, right now, but then, I, but then right I stay, now. but the whole time I stay recording music, I stay focused on the music, you know what I'm saying? Stay focused on recording, recording, even if the songs wasn't being released, you know what I'm saying? I dropped a couple mixtapes that did a little bit of noise in LA. But I wasn't able to drop on that worldwide scale like I wanted to because I wasn't with a worldwide label, the independent thing. I, I, I was trying to understand the independent thing like I understand it now. So I was just yeah. getting in the wind of it. I was real young. But one thing about me, I stayed, I stayed high, I stayed relevant. I just kept loving music. I kept listening to music, kept writing, recording, recording. And now here we are again. Well, today is actually the 20th anniversary. Today, on this day today, huh. my first album dropped. Today, man, special on day. On this day today, this is what makes this interview special. On this day up. today, 20 years ago, my first album dropped. It was called Young World of the Future. Huh. On this day today, my first album dropped. Wow. 20 years ago. So today is the 20th anniversary for my album. I'm doing what I love, though. This is how the day symbolizes, and I got to let you go after this. And we're going to do a part two. This going to be the first interview. You got a part two. It was so crazy. <laughs> we got to bring it back because it's so much more. What is he doing now? Straight so I up. gave you the what is he done. I gave you the what is he done. Yeah. Now part two is going to be what is he doing now. We're going to bring that back tomorrow, tonight, because I got to go back to this set. Okay. But um, listen, today I'm working on a film right now. Today I'm, on, I'm actually on set shooting a film called Mask On. It's, it's about, it's a movie about, you know, um, you know, people getting shot, these black, um, blacks getting shot, innocent blacks getting killed, and I want to do something about it. And it's about, you know, me and one of my siblings, who is a news reporter, huh. me and her getting into it because I feel like she has more power than me and she's not using her power the way she should. Wow. Deep. You know, so this is deep. This is deep, but it's dope. It's a dope short. This is something that I'm actually producing on. This is something that I'm working on. You know, so I'm, I'm constantly, I'm constantly working. I think it just symbolizes who I am. Like today is the 20th anniversary of my first album, the first album that made me who I am, the one that y'all know me for. Um, and I'm on the phone doing the interview. 
I'm on the phone. I mean, I'm on the set right now, shooting a movie. You know uh. what I'm saying? I just, re- I just released my first, my my new single, my first single off my new album about to come out. It's called Young World: The Future Point Two. Point the first two. video, first single is out right now. It's called God's Drip. The new video is out right now. It's on YouTube. Go to my YouTube page. Hit that like button and subscribe. It's called Lil Zane's World. L-I-L-Z-A-N-E-S. World spelled out. Also, follow me and my woman's page. Me and wifey got a um got a couple's page. It's called A-T-O-Z Space Nation. A to Z Nation. We're dropping our first video next week. We're doing the couple's YouTube page. Then we are hilariously funny, man. She's off the chain. <laughs> I'm going to keep it all the way 100 with y'all. So I know everybody loves to see that. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my wifey, man. Y'all follow her at God's Drip on Instagram. Follow me at Lil Zane's World on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? This is only part one. Y'all stay tuned for the part two, man. But I think it's awesome that it's a beautiful day. Today's the 20th anniversary of my first album ever. I'm on the phone with one of my best friends in the whole wide world. I'm on a movie set right now. I'm doing an interview. I'm doing. It feels like I just came back out, dog. Yeah, I'm man. doing everything. I'm smile. doing everything I was doing <laughs> on that day. Yeah. On that day when my album came out, I was probably shooting a movie already. Yeah. On that day when my album came out, I was probably on the phone with the homies. On yeah. that day when my album came out, I probably just dropped the single. Some I don't know. But what, what I'm trying to say to you guys, what I'm trying to say to you guys out there listening. Wait till you hear part two because right now, the end of part one, I'm doing exactly what the fuck I was doing 20 (laughs) years ago on this day. I'm living the life of a celebrity, a made nigga way bigger than these other cats you ever see. And I'm (laughs) You're listening to Free World with Derek Freeman. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and please share. Thank you. Goodbye for now.